we have another episode in the back, Ian. And it was just a, a, another one of those positive, good vibes only episode. I think that's how I'd recap this one. Yeah, it was. Um, I was a little bit, um, I wasn't worried about it, but it was different. I, I was a little bit anxious because um, I knew that our guest today would be um, a toxic ma- maximalist. Um, and I know we've been kind of speaking in our previous uh, episodes, um, we've been touching maximalism um, throughout the whole sort of um or well, the few episodes that we've we've now released, and uh, it was nice to finally get um, a toxic maximalist on, just because you know we don't we want everyone on this on this podcast, not just um, everyone that thinks the same thing. So it was nice, it was refreshing to have um, that perspective coming in onto the show. Um, so they, that's what I took away from it. It was it was nice just to get a different angle. Uh, and to hear from a toxic maximalist how they see the world through the Bitcoin lens. Yes, and that that was also the vibe I picked up on. And I think this is the beauty about Bitcoin. You have people on who may be a bit more critical. I think this is also in yours and my nature. Like you'll tend to question a lot of stuff. I especially as well. So I think it's a bit down to our... Uh, how shall we say, programming, <laughs> how we were put into this world. <laughs> but right. um, it still shows, even though they might be toxic on Twitter, I mean, everyone is playing a bit of a charade. They're still people, they're still human, they got ideas, they got feelings, they got messages they want to spread. And I feel like that really came out with the Bitcoin Mermaid today. So for anyone uh, who yeah. hasn't watched or listened to the episode yet, be prepared. It will be very much a positive vibes boost, I think, and uh, have fun to listening into her rabbit hole story. Yeah, enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to yet another episode of Rabbit Hole Stories. Ian speaking, and I've got Joelle here in the room with me as per usual. We've also got the Bitcoin Mermaid. Hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing really good. Thank you very much for coming on Rabbit Hole Stories and joining us here today. And um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. Um, Where to start? At the beginning, I guess. I was born in a hippie community in a ruin. I was the second child born in that community 33 years ago, south of Spain, Granada. Now it's one of the biggest hippie communities in the world, maybe even the biggest one. There is three hippie communities right next to each other because obviously, well, more hippies came and they started new places. And it's El Morian, the oldest one, then Beneficio, the second one, and Sigronas, the third one. And yes, um, there was... There was uh, all kinds of people there. A lot of a lot of uh, English, British people, and a lot of German people. Mostly English and German people, more than anything else. Oh, nice! So, like a, a mix, a mix of different people from all over Europe. Yes, everything, but like really more English and German. Like there was maybe one or two Spanish people there in Spain. Okay, like. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like what was it like growing up on in the hippie community was it like um a commune type place where yes, yes. you were all kind of like um looking after each other in a way 
Well, it depended. Like there was like communities in the community, like all the Germans used to hang with the Germans and hate on the English with their big sound <laughs> systems like all weekend. And the English would like be more with the English. And then you had like everybody else, which was somewhere in between <laughs> hanging with one or with the other. Um, but you definitely had all the children running around naked, uh, bare feet, um, up and down, orange trees, uh, fig trees, grapes, um, pomegranates, uh, gardens with like everything, like everybody had, most people had a garden and, and it was, it was, a like, if you think about paradise, I, I, I imagine it like that. And, um, I was only there until I was six which is sad, okay. but um, though everybody was talking about peace and love and unconditional love, um, that was not the case for most people, especially not for my parents. So that wasn't very nice, but it got worse after leaving because then I didn't have my friends anymore. Mm. So mm. it, I don't know, it was definitely super magical and like, thanks to those people, I guess we have a lot of the things that we have today because they they were the first ones to decide, hey, I'm not dealing with this society anymore. But they came from a society like a very lost people that really didn't know what was happening. So in a way, these my parents and all these other people, well, they they were quite lost. And just trying to figure out, okay, they, they figured out they didn't want to be part of the society, but now what do they do? You know? And so, and yeah, so it was um, on one hand, not so beautiful. Like there was a lot of people that were worse than my parents, um, a lot of junkies, drug addicts, a lot yeah. of like yoga freaks that never ever did anything wrong and everything has to be perfect and no music and no anything. So you had like both worlds and something in between. And and yeah, it was very, very beautiful and an amazing experience. Like there was a bonfire every full moon and every black moon. And the bonfire was like three meters high, two meters wide. And every two weeks you had this moment and everybody would come together. And it was beautiful. But yes, you also had the other, like the dark side of the. So it was a, a definitely an incredible experience. Yeah, I imagine it to be because it's almost like the, the these people that decided to be members of this community were escaping the the system or some system that they didn't agree with. Um, but then, obviously, the complicated thing after arriving within that community is trying to find your place within it and. So I imagine, yeah, like you said, there was quite a lot of mixture of different people with different mindsets, different needs and different wants and things. And was there anyone like in control of that community or were there any sort of like people that were looked up to and respected as uh, people that guided you in a way in that community? Or was it just sort of like complete freedom and do what you need to do? Well, Elmorian, remember? <laughs> Elmorian where I come from, uh, 
everybody would like buy a ruin and then rebuild it and make their home there. So people did have like their own house or their own land where they parked their bauwagen or whatever teepee. Like my father, he lived in a teepee when my mom kicked him out for, I don't know, the hundredth time. And <laughs> so you you um, did have like some spaces that were like no one, no man's land and you could do whatever you wanted. And then... Um, in Elmorian, still today, it's similar. People don't really hang out with each other anymore. It's not like it used to be. There's no bonfires anymore or anything like that. But in Beneficia, for example, you do have like what you said, like these uh, guiding figures, like these wannabe gurus that are actually like, it's very sad to see this because they, you have all these young hippie people that come there like, oh, what is happening? Oh, this is so beautiful. And then this old guy comes uh, playing the guitar, singing Bob Marley songs and like, like pulls you into his, <laughs> you know, mm, fake mm. reality of whatever. So uh, you have a lot of like crazy people, put it that way. <laughs> and yeah. it, it almost sounds like any Bitcoin Citadel if you've been to whatever. <laughs> They're like very, very similar to having been there, but um, no, it sounded like the perfect place for you to get into Bitcoin then. <laughs> well, I mean, like I say, like one of my first memories is I didn't understand why there is different types of money mm. in different countries. Like the concept of having to change the value, like, oh, so it's worth less or more. it's like, Wow, that's so complicated. Mm. Why do you do that? <laughs> so, <laughs> like, obviously, there is like a lot of reality lost in translation. Yeah. Put it yes. that way. You know, if you mm. if you like mm. talk to some South African person that comes from some tribe that, that doesn't have a calculator or didn't learn math, or they, they just they just get this money from their boss for working in some mine, whatever. And they just think this is what mm. you get. No, they don't understand, oh, it's more, it's less than what you get in America. Or they don't even understand that it's the same that you get in America with a different name, blah, blah, blah. Because there's no education about it. So so I just thought, like, it's super complicated. Mm. Like, how can anybody work with this? <laughs> and and I also never believed in the in the idea of borders. Like, mm. I always thought, like, but shouldn't people just be able to like sell their tomatoes to whoever they want to and like not like or like bring their tomatoes to whoever like why do you have to I mean for me yeah the world is like one place and we're here together and we should mm, like mm. work together I don't know yeah this is one thing I fantasize about about the the bitcoin future if you like I imagine borders will start to dissolve or look very different than, than what they do anyway. There'll be a lot more free trade between people without embargoes and restrictions. And you've got like in um, certain parts of Africa, they're still in essentially, um, well, they, I'd say essentially, they are um, having a legacy monetary colonial system where they have to like in france they've got the what's the um currency um joelle the uh, central franc african the cfa 
Yeah, which essentially means that these countries in Africa have to deal with the central bank within France. Not essentially, like France holds <laughs> most of their gold. It. Yeah, they hold yeah, their money. Yeah, at, so at, they, at you know the they're, they're basically being held held uh, hostage um, and have to operate within this economic system that they they don't want to be in. Um, so I imagine when when Bitcoin wins, uh, because I think we were discussing. Uh, before coming on air, Bitcoin is inevitable. Um, so when 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 people do start to have that aha moment and they start realizing, actually, do you know what? I can do what I want with my own Bitcoin and the rest of you can go and fuck yourselves. Uh, <laughs> um, my money is mine. You can't take it away from me. Here it is. And I want to do what I want with it. Um, so I, I, I do fantasize about that in the future as well about how it just dissolves all this old colonial bullshit that a lot of people are still having to exist um, within this national what, what do you think about that it is national yeah, yeah okay like and i i believe in cultural borders but not in like nations i don't right like fuck nations <laughs> I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, if you go into, uh, the, you, you live in, uh, can I talk where you live? Uh, yes, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Before I talk to anyone. Uh, you live in Switzerland. <laughs> and yes. obviously, if you live in Switzerland and you like, you go to Germany, you go to Austria, you, you see that there are subtle differences, but it's not like you cross that line on a map and say like, oh, fuck, everything's different over here. Uh, we all have our different cultures and things, but it's unnecessary to have different monetary values to express these cultures and i think that's which it doesn't matter if you're like you had your your uprising a bit different than we did but yeah, we point. all click on the same front because we understand bitcoin literally fixes this like we don't need to worry about conversion rates or fees with sending them for unnecessary third man we can just pay each other directly instead of thinking about oh shit what is this country doing again differently than where I am currently. Lugano and El Salvador are the perfect example of that. Mm. Like Lugano is in Switzerland, but they're not. But they are, but they're not. It's mm. like they just do their own thing and nobody can really do anything against it because they're not breaking any laws and and they're just deciding to float a different boat. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like people hold a gun to your head, contrary to like the central bank system. You're up, you're, you have the ability, even in Lugano, to choose between, is it four currencies, essentially? You've got Bitcoin, you've got their, their weird stable coin, I <laughs> think that no one uses. Uh, you do have um, uh, Swiss francs Heather? and you get Tether, obviously. So people can choose how they want to pay. It's not like people stand, like the mayor is standing with a gun to your head and say like, pay in Bitcoin. Uh, and I think that's what many people still don't understand. Like you don't have to, you're able to. Uh, obviously we encourage it, um, but that's the beauty of having an open system. Everyone can choose what they want to do with it. Yeah, and at some point, uh, everything else will become obsolete mm -hmm. because why would you want to have something that you cannot control or loses value over time like i love that um part in the bitcoin standard um like if the value of money changes with like you're feeling you now you're you're mm -hmm. feeling better so you're like oh so today it's got more value on oh, tomorrow you're feeling down so you're like oh, today it's got less value it's like if a uh, an architect would uh 
wouldn't have like measurements no like mm. like imagine a meter is two meters tomorrow and the next day it's only 50 centimeters and you're like gonna go and buy screws to fix your cupboard that has whatever screws and you say yeah i need 20 millimeter screws and you get like these huge screws that are it's like but this is not what i'm looking it's like oh how are you it just doesn't work no and uh yeah I guess the only way it would work is for men, especially if certain things who are small in perspective one day later can become huge. That might be an added benefit for some scenarios. <laughs> Joel, behave yourself. <laughs> hey, I didn't say what it is. I leave it up to the imagination. Yeah, of everyone. It, didn't take, it, didn't, it, didn't, it didn't take much imagination. to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's not fixed, it has some benefits, but obviously not monetary. <laughs> yeah, can, can Bitcoin fix that? I don't know. <laughs> who knows who knows <laughs> who knows but back to back to our lovely mermaid um when was your when when was your bitcoin moment when was your like oh shit fuck this is bitcoin what the fuck is going on this is is this real you know everyone has that kind of like shit fuck is am i imagining this when was that moment for you well that's a good question because I feel like it's right now since like two years and I'm like still on this high because mm. since two years right. I got the right info. I got the right, like the Bitcoin standard. I got to Max and Stacy. I got to know to, who to listen to because before like everybody says something different and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pretty naive. <laughs> So I I believe like people say whatever random to them like no really not but you're just joking <laughs> right and then no really really it just like and and I end up believing it so mm -hmm. I know that I have that so I try to just not really get too involved if I don't really know that it's really mm. true and um, right. yeah so before that I was like. I'm only Bitcoin, Bitcoin only since definitely like four years or something like that. Um, mm, nice. And then before, like in 2015, I got my first Bitcoin given because I didn't have any money and I didn't have any money until 2017, which is the first time I mm -hmm. then invested. Not a lot, like 150 francs or something, you know, like I really, when I mean, I don't have any money. I mean, I don't have any money. Like I'm a hippie child. My parents, well, let's not even get to that because they're out of the picture. But yeah, it's not like I have anybody who I can really rely on in any way in that sense. So, um, yeah. And music is not the best way to make money. That has to be said, like I'm doing music since 15 years uh, on the street concerts, like small little bar concerts and stuff. And like, I'm, I'm good. Like I can usually get by, like I can get a huge crowd with me by myself with my guitar, with my accordion and usually pays quite all right. But it's like a lot of energy, a lot of time and not really enough like to it's enough to survive but not to invest in bitcoin or buy myself new speakers monitor speakers and stuff like that so yeah and then um uh yeah uh, i met this person who told me that everything out like uh 
some cypherpunk freak that like knows how to build a computer and like from zero to hundred, you know, like the whole package. Some dude that was also like there in the first mailings uh, from Satoshi, like he was, he he was there since the first uh, day, uh, mining Bitcoin, buying and selling before it was even like sure that it was going to be anything like when it was under a dollar like i don't know so so he really knows what what um it's about and yeah he told me look everything else is shit it's like i like to think about it as like you know like a level to see if it's straight when but when it's straight it's straight you can't like make it straighter right it's just either it's level or it's not like and once it is like start a new project dude that's done like you know there's other problems we need solving like don't get stuck on the same loop once something's perfect it's it's achieved what it's yeah why 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 fix something that's not broken? exactly yeah so so that that uh, i understood that like yeah three four years that was like and since then getting into old max and stacy and uh, the Bitcoin standard and various other things that and people that that have like still right now and that just started working at Relay. Oh my god! Like, like oh my god! Like <laughs> I mean, I love them so much. Um, when I start working, many times I'm so excited that I literally nearly have tears in my eyes because I'm so happy to be part of that team and to be able to like help some way with my music and with relay and just like really now be 100% in this fix the money fix the world I, I, I'm curious was um, your friend Christian Decker no <laughs> I okay. don't know who that is. <laughs> it would have fitted it would have it, he's um he's one of the early I think he's the first PhD doctor guy at the university who wrote about Bitcoin. He got in in 2009. He works at um, Blockstream now. Big lightning guy. Um, he's also Swiss, so it would have fitted from like the geo location and stuff, but uh, still cool. <laughs> you got in You got in nicely then. My friend is a um, nobody, like <laughs> nobody knows him. Okay. And he is sitting behind his computer since 10 years trying to program decentralized sensors to automate uh, everything and creates the green smart cities of the future decentralized oh, nice. smart cities and like uh, i don't know if you've heard of um safe made made safe yeah made safe network they're like um since a long time building the decentralized internet of the future something like that and like nobody really oh, nice. knows about okay. them because they're really just in their thing like still working on it like but like people like these cypherpunk freaks that are like into this decentralized open source with all all of this stuff well they uh, um, are already starting to build for that like future like they are th they're like like he says the the internet how we know it it's not going to be any much longer so he's like already working it's really interesting. I understand like 10% of it, but <laughs> yeah. But that's quite interesting. So you went and I'm fascinating by your upbringing because 
if no money exists, that's always the argument from like central bankers, like if no money exists, society breaks down um, or we get into like the stone ages again and all of these things. And I guess certain things are maybe true with that statement. We might not have certain evolutions that fast as we do under the money standards we have today, but that society is not broken. It works with its own rules. Um, and it's interesting that you, you essentially you got orange pilled before you knew you got orange pilled. Yeah. <laughs> you already knew what Bitcoin is, <laughs> which is a nice thing to see. At least at least from the concept wise, yes, uh, not the technical mm -hmm. wise. That's why in the beginning, uh, like uh, Iota was saying, oh, we're like, we're not like a blockchain. We're Tango. Mm -hmm. Because if you tangle, then it uses less energy. And I'm like, okay, um, yeah. why not? And I started like trying to understand what they're talking about. But yeah, no. <laughs> so one of the aspects I believe Bitcoin can only uh, can not only help uh, like the unbanked, underdeveloped countries, whatever, but also creators. And you brought it up before. You've been doing music for 15 years. Uh, and you also, I actually heard the version of the song before it released, which is I'm very proud of. We, we sort of are like the drop zone, Ian, for unreleased projects. We had Knut's book, which is coming out. I heard your song, now it's out. So <laughs> for people who want to get the insight, what's going on in Bitcoin, just reach out to Rabbit Hole Stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have you manage exclusives. Yeah, we're, we're like, we're super exclusive. <laughs> Everyone just needs to reach out. Um, but you wrote a song essentially about Bitcoin and the hope it gave you and all of the things you mentioned before. Um, can you maybe go a bit into like your career outside of the work you do at Relay and what really drives you with the music and how you want to integrate that into the Bitcoin world? That is a very good question. I love it. <laughs> Because uh, when I was small, I actually always thought that I would study something that would give me a lot of money because I wanted to buy the Amazon and make it like a national park and protect all the animals and trees. Because <laughs> um, since I'm a vegetarian my whole life, I guess I, I always wanted to protect the weaker the ones that cannot speak for themselves, that cannot take a weapon and they cannot just, I don't know, write an article and be like, oh, they just cut my friends down. <laughs> um, so I wanted to make something, I don't know, like quantum physics, you know? I felt like, yeah, I want to do something where not only I can make a lot of money, but also maybe I can invent something that like, I don't know, like saves the ocean or I don't know, whatever. Um, but well, my life was very messy, my childhood, my parents, and so very young, I just became this like rebel and I just wanted to just, I just wanted to be free, like freedom, everything overall, like I can save the whales and I can do whatever I need to do, but I have to be free and happy for first. Like I can't carry on living in this, uh, so um, I became older and older and I didn't study quantum physics. I ran away from uh, Studentenwohnheim, which is like a student house where, where my mother put me because I was a horrible child and she didn't want me anymore. But I only like made it like two months and I ran away. <laughs> and I had like uh, crazy times that were really fun. 
And for the first time in my life, I felt free and I was happy. And I needed to, to keep that. I needed overall like that. I couldn't. And, and, if, and if I didn't do things that made me happy, like I would immediately fall back into all these memories that made me feel unhappy. So I had to always chase this feeling, uh, which music gave me. And also music gave me like a lot of hope, I don't know, love, um, ideas. It opened my mind. I, I grew up listening to Bob Marley and other things and and so it was always a great source of inspiration for me and I, I thought you can reach so many people through music you can touch so many hearts like melodies are something magical and you can put words to those melodies and yeah I don't know maybe like some people it makes some people think and it makes some people realize hey we're we're all together here and we're only here to have fun and like you can't have fun if you don't share like the ultimate beauty the ultimate happiness is the happiness you can share so that's that's the ultimate message that's why i love latin music that is very naive and it's very like oh let's just dance at the beach and like look at the sunset and drink uh coconut water and just sounds awesome. right and and that's like for me like that's the deepest message it's so naive and so simple but it's really don't we all just want that and like to have time to to enjoy this this paradise that we're in like that's that's um one of my quotes is utopia is a state of mind paradise on earth a decision to take or a decision to make i don't know <laughs> Yeah, that's, I really believe that. I think we... That's a nice quote, actually. So say that again. So utopia... Is a state of mind. Is a state of mind, but paradise is... Paradise on earth is a decision to make, to take. Oh, nice. I like that one. Yeah. I'm going to steal that one, if you don't mind. Definitely. Please do. We can share yeah, it. That's what we you... can do. Not steal. There's no stealing here. There's there's just sharing. Definitely. It's a good quote so, for a see, tattoo. <laughs> it is a good quote for a tattoo, yeah. Like, I'm running out of space, to be honest. Oh. Um, <laughs> really small. You can make it really small. Maybe I could just, ha maybe I could just have it here. Like, just like, under the eyes, yeah. Like just under style. my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> With a teardrop on the other yeah, side. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I started doing music because of that. Because it gives me great joy and I wanted to share... Like, I wanted to... I have to feel like I'm doing something to make the world a little bit a better place, even if it's just writing a song, but like something. something. It, and isn't it ironic? Like I hear this from so many Bitcoiners and you're obviously, I, I would put you in the category as a creative, creator, free spirit. And we had guests on, we had Knut on. Knut is for me the optimal optimist he's always he always sees plus signs never sees negative things uh, we'll also have people on who used to be in the finance world and now they're doing something completely different in the creative world so there's always this common thing of hey we found something we truly enjoy and they had his downside like not everything is fixed yet with bitcoin but we're all working on this um 
but it gives us possibilities into a brighter future. And if I then often read articles, if I read opinions, which everyone is entitled to have, saying Bitcoin is ruled by psychopaths, I'm like, no, you've never actually been in the community. Like, you've never been at a conference, at a meetup. Uh, Ian and I met at the meetup. So, like, this podcast was born out of one of these things. Um, and isn't it crazy how, how the world perceives it just because maybe it uses a bit more energy than other things on a comparison scale. It uses very little energy to huge things. But um, isn't that sometimes a bit frustrating if you see this thinking like there's so many brilliant minds in, pe- in Bitcoin and you just focus on maybe like the 0.001% of us? Yes, definitely. It's um, always been hard for me to make friends. But since I'm a Bitcoin, I'm a toxic Bitcoin maximalist because I have a really dark sense of humor, and like my sarcasm is what saves me from hating everything, and mm. it's my way of dealing with with this anger that I have since I'm very small. Like I used to go to bed crying because the Amazon is being cut down. Like mm. this is still something that if I think about it too much, I'll start crying. And then it this sadness transforms to anger. And if I cannot use humor and to let it to let it out and deal with it, it just doesn't work. So um yeah, people are shocked by my sense of humor very often. It has always been like that. But now since Bitcoin, like since I understand Bitcoin, I started talking about it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I mean, I used to love it, but I don't understand it. So what should I say? But now I kind of start to understand it. Like I write a song and I give it to my friends to review it, to see if everything's correct and I'm not talking bullshit. And usually they come back clean, like, not a lot like it's always getting less bullshit <laughs> so with with your with your music does that toxicity um or that toxic maximalism come out in your music or is it more kind of um a generic message about bitcoin i try to keep it yeah like in reins okay okay so what so for like uh for everybody to sort of listen to it and come on board or yeah i try to keep it children friendly basically and Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm not so um yeah, how how to say it? yeah, I think that's the best way to say it. I try to keep it children friendly, but I also think children should not be protected by things like death and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know, like in Switzerland you have this whole like no, you shouldn't talk mm. about death in front of children and stuff. And like I'm more like Mexican culture style, like death is something very sacred mm. and then I also have a bit of like I say, a dark sense of humor. Like recently, I I wrote a song. It says, um, "Fix the money, fix the world, hang all the bankers, scammers, and kings." And like, I got some negative feedback on that. Um, but like for me, it's not when I write it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is funny, you know. Like I'm not like really mm-hmm. this evil thought. Like yeah, they should all die. And I see it from this uh, like humorous point of view because I saw Max Kaiser on some interview and he was like, yeah, hang all the bankers, you know? And I, and I just love it. I love when he just goes crazy and he starts throwing around chairs and he just, 
because because for fuck's sake you know like look at this world like if you don't get angry like there's something wrong with you like because damn it you know it's not not cool yeah i mean that's i think that's one of the things not many people um understand and you you give me actually a possibility now because um uh, we have gotten some feedback that in one of the episodes I called, um, uh, I think I called Christine Lagarde definitely a bitch and I called um, Greta Thunberg either a fraud or, or a bitch as well. But that's like my personal opinion and I appreciate what they're doing. They're entitled to do their stuff. I'm entitled to do mine. But I think we live in such a hyper mobilized world where people are not even allow more to say what they were really thinking. Um, or the way you just said it with like hang the banksters and stuff, the first thing that came to mind is like, yeah, it might be persuaded as being something bad, but like we burned women in like the medieval centuries because they were legit using different sources of medical procedures. Like instead of, you know, chopping someone's leg off, they found a solution to like rub some different leaves together and heal them instead of like, you know, cutting them halfway through with their bodies. Uh, and, and that was a witch and then they got burnt. So I think it's always in the matter of context and perspective how these things are celebrated. And I love that you said um, you more approach death and stuff from a Mexican standpoint. Again, culture in Mexico, they celebrate. Uh, is it Cinco de Mayo when you celebrate like no, the, your... First of no, it's not. That's a different thing. First, first of November, yeah. But they celebrate essentially people in their family who died and they sort of give them flowers, give them stuff to eat for the afterlife. All of these things, you know, this is not something bad. Yeah, yeah. And they party for them. Like, they party hard for them. They're like, you can't party anymore. Don't worry. I'll do it for you. You know, like, that's like the ultimate trivia. But this is not like, something in the modern system. And I think that's a shame mm. for having seen that. Having said that, though, um, we have to be honest here as well. Listeners who listened in from the beginning know Ian and I both believe that everyone should have their opinion. But there are some things, I think, which some toxic maxis, I'm not saying everyone, I think I'm not doing so well on Twitter, but again, they're open to it. And as long as we keep the discussion clean, I think we shouldn't judge too hard. Um, which is, I appreciate that you come out and say that, set the record straight, because a lot of people get in these interviews and they're like, you know, I prefer Bitcoin. And then behind the back that you get like a DM saying like, actually, I'm a toxic maxi, but I didn't want to say it. So I appreciate that you're open and honest about it. I, I just, for me, it's like, it's like, like I said, it's like a joke. It's like an insider, you know? Like, mm. It fits your character as well, I guess. I don't know. Like a toxic maximum is like, why, why did that come up? It's like, I guess the people that only talk about Bitcoin, like the friend that never stops talking about Bitcoin. And he always wants to like convince you that Bitcoin is the way. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, just like leave me alone. And that's most probably how it happened. But like, I see it from the point of view that it's a, just some person that is really motivated and they really love Bitcoin and they really want to, and they really care about you and they really want to, like you to understand this because they care about you so much and then you end up like calling them toxic like that. But it's just like for me, it's like some sweet insider joke and and everybody who who um really 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 loves Bitcoin that's like a toxic maximalist because obviously they they think Bitcoin hundred percent like 24 7 <laughs> it's like i mean it's not even their fault in a way they just love it so much and it's just it's, live and breathe bitcoin and exactly preach bitcoin is you know from the from the hilltops 
Yeah, and and like I mean, for me, it's so hard. So often, like I have to hold myself back so badly, like to just not like burst a Bitcoin. But because it's just so often, it will be like and your the, friends are like, "Don't say the B word tonight, please. Just don't yeah. say the bloody B word." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Leave it alone. Don't touch it. Leave it. <laughs> and, and I don't know. For for me, like. Uh, this this uh, love can express itself in many different ways. I'm sure there is a lot of Bitcoin maximalists that don't go spreading around the the thing everywhere, but they're just as maxis as others. And and what you said before, uh, Joel, um, yeah, there is some Bitcoin maximalists that are like super aggressive, like just like basically telling you that you're stupid and that all your questions are stupid and like you should just like go and read a book, damn it, do your homework. And <laughs> I mean, it is harsh, you know, it's like this truth that hurts, but I like it. I, I like when when somebody talks to me like that. When somebody makes me see when I am being naive and and I also like the other side. I also like the person that is nice about it and that explain takes their time to explain it to me. I, I don't know, I just think it's like all these different types of approaches to orange pilling the world are necessary and are are beautiful. Like I enjoy so much to see somebody going like nuts and ah, what the Bitcoin is the way, just as much as somebody who's like showing you graphs and explaining, okay, so because here in 2016, and then you go here, and like it's just so, yeah, rich and like, yeah, different colors of the rainbow, yeah, it's like um, a multifaceted approach. So, is is there somebody? out there that can it's like sending a message to somebody you know how it's received is is how they understand the world and see the world so if if you say something to someone um and they don't understand it maybe you're just getting the message wrong for them so if you've got different people in different camps in bitcoin saying something slightly different but all about bitcoin in the same way but you know one's more aggressive than the other one's more approachable one's more technical one's more kind of philosophical you know we've got all these people within the bitcoin space it's it's going to hit um people's brains all over the place so it, there is a need for everyone in the space to to do what they think's best for bitcoin right yes exactly 100% and i mean you're the living example of it just because someone says i'm a toxic maxi i think everyone persuades that statement a bit differently everyone has different experiences with it doesn't mean you're a bad person <laughs> i always have to smile a bit if i'm on twitter and then you see um some altcoiner coming in and calling the maxis maxi pad and then you know the the bitcoiners go in and call them meth hats and all of these things so it just goes back and forth again <laughs> and i'm always like just because these statements exist doesn't mean that the people sitting behind these names whether that be on twitter or in real life you know, are bad people. They just have very strong opinions about things. And should we actually live in a world where that's possible? Like if we go by the Bitcoin ethos, everyone is accepted, right? Even your enemies. So um, I think that is some of the things which I I appreciate. Um, and I think if you really speak to someone like you, who says like, hey, I, I, if you don't like it, that's fine. That's okay. I'm like happy over here. Um, I think that should be the spirit people should take away from these things and not like be so bitter about one particular statement or one particular thing they said in the past. Yeah, 
just stop taking life so serious. Like seriously, mm. there is there is really important things that we need to solve, and like uh, we shouldn't like I don't know, like yeah, just have a little sense of humor. Like even if somebody really means what they're saying and it's something stupid, you in a way they when people are stupid saying stupid things, isn't that somehow funny? Isn't like you know the situation just like comical? Like can't you look at it from that point of view instead of yeah, I don't know, getting all like or taking it personal and getting offended and like just walk away, just find someone else who does like. Yeah, vibe on your frequency, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my grandma always said, um, nature heals itself. And I, I guess I sort of look at these things the same way. Because um, at the end of the day, it's all good for Bitcoin, right? And also this whole NFT thing happening currently. I, I don't have time to keep track of it. But I'm like, okay, <laughs> even if it happens, it's good for Bitcoin. Maybe some crypto bros come over and like, oh shit, this Bitcoin thing is actually better than we thought. And if that happens, I'm like, okay, I'm willing to give up some debates on Twitter for more people coming in yeah i uh will not talk about nfts because it's really something i still don't really understand but i just watched uh julian Lininger and samsung mao interview uh a couple of days ago and he was talking samsung was talking about it in a very from an interesting perspective like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i understood that it, they were approaching it from a different angle mm -hmm. but really it was the same thing just real and fair and no not scamming people and so i i'm sure that there is a place for nfts in the bitcoin universe we're building <laughs> i actually i have a theory that we will not call it nfts maybe we call it something like satoshi's collectible so whatever it will be Ooh, you know yes, just to differentiate yes. again because yeah. um i spoke to someone on linkedin today he really had a cool point to to build on this usability i was like oh shit this actually makes sense in a creator way like creator would be able to own their stuff forever on bitcoin i was like looking at it from that perspective that sounds amazing and something i want to support yeah, right so but look, it's always look, cool but looking from it from the open source perspective sure, is that yeah. even necessary like i mean i don't want to own my music like it's not mine if anything i'm it's mu I, i'm mm. like music owns me like i'm mm. i'm the one following it around i'm the one trying to find the flow i'm the one carrying the guitar it's not the guitar carrying me you know so and and for me like i channel this stuff from whatever the bitcoin spirit <laughs> and and i just i'm here i'm i'm a warrior of of trying the whatever of this world of this nature planet and trying to look after it and trying to live in symbiosis with it and give something back and this is my way of giving something back and and i i i believe that in the future bitcoin is going to be a um ultimate like a last case solution for when you are not able to trade directly because usually there is something that you can trade so why would you need bitcoin only if if there is nothing you can trade. So in in an ideal world, like, do I really need to get paid for my music, or do I just need money to make my music? Because if I just need money to make my music, I can just like 
open a pot and say, hey, people, if you want to listen to my music, if you want me to carry on doing my music, then I'm going to need you to put some money in the pot because, like, I can't finance myself if not. Like, I need to survive. I need to eat. I need new strings for my guitar. I don't know, all these things, right? And, but if people really love what I do because I put everything into it and I try to do the best job I can, maybe they are going to like it enough to think, hey, I want this to carry on happening. So I'm going to put some money in the pot. And if I want to use her song, I can use her song. I don't need to ask her. Like nobody, like, just go for it. Like if you can make some bucks of my song, fucking awesome. Like I'm happy that I could help you. And yeah, so I, I don't know if that, yeah. I don't know if I believe in this, in this, um, because isn't like the Satoshi way exactly that? No, isn't it exactly like, it's not about me. It's about the song. Like, I don't need people to know who who I am. Like 200 years from now, if people don't know that I wrote the song, well, so be it. <laughs> if the song still exists, fucking awesome. If the people are still listening to it, if the message is still making people happy and letting them dance and having a good evening and... <laughs> remember the days when people didn't understand what decentralized uh, money mm. is ha <laughs> yeah whatever oh this was the f one of the first artists that made Bitcoin 200 years ago yeah it would be fun no but it's not about me it's about I mean I just do it because I love it and I need to survive and I want to make people dance I want to make people dance. That's what I want. <laughs> you don't want to see me dancing. I promise you that. <laughs> I would love to see you dancing. I'm sure yeah. you would like find the groove to my music because you know what? Yeah, it would take me a while and maybe a few beers, but I'll get there. My music, the idea is that it's going to make you dance even if you don't want to. It's like, right, it's gonna, it's like it's your body's just going to go for it. Well, uh, I'm going to have to listen to some of your music now and see if I can find my groove and I'll let you know. <laughs> still, not, still not, no, no, still not. The, 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 the ultimate like mastered recordings are still not. All right. Well, when they're out, when they're out, I'll, I'll, I'll be one of your first, uh, first customers. I assure you that. I'm curious about, um, do you have a fantasy about what Bitcoin might look like a hundred years from now? And what would that look like in your mind? Well, uh, have you ever heard of solar punks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, they're like a mixture between cypherpunks and hippies, I guess. <laughs> so a green future um, where we all live in symbiosis with nature. And uh, yeah, Bitcoin is, like I said, it's going to be the last case scenario money that you use when nothing else can be traded and everything's going to be de decentralized like bitcoin is is like well the the thing that is going to ultimately teach everyone how important it is to be decentralized like only right. like that we can we can be an ecosystem if not we like yeah sounds like a beautiful future yeah, definitely. And th like I say, it's going to be utopia and a paradise on earth. For me, mm, at least, mm. that's, that's what I believe. That's the, uh, that's the only way. If we don't do that, I think we're all just going to die.
which is yeah, okay true. as well. I mean, we're if that's we're our fate, die. that's our fate, right? Yeah, we're gonna die anyway, so exactly. Yeah, <laughs> two hundred years from now, we're not gonna be here anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, perfect. So. Is there anything before we wrap it up that we forgot to mention or ask you or you would like to give out to our listeners? Uh, we will always want to make sure to give that possibility at the end for our guests. Yes, I would love to um, tell you about the Orange Pill Jam project, which is an open musical musicians collab that I'm trying to make um, with musicians from all over the world uh, to do recordings remote and uh, live concerts, live sets um, on Bitcoin conferences, mainly that that would be the, the vision that I have as in to like give the Bitcoin conference a cool after, after everybody's talking and you've been there listening and then the night have some nice jam some orange orange peel jam <laughs> nice nice <laughs> and um build the orange party layer <laughs> yeah because so, we got the we got the orange social aspects with the orange yeah. pill app this is actually how we met we messaged back and forth yeah, on yeah, the yeah, orange pill app uh, I think there are a lot of, like we got Noster now with social media and I think a lot of projects are also in development for other media things. So why not add the party aspect covered as well and the music right? aspect? <laughs> totally. And uh, so, yeah, so if anybody wants to join, uh, especially we're especially looking for um, mixing, mastering, sound engineer that would like to play live, like uh, do a live dubbing set because the music will be Afro Latin dub gypsy hip hop fusion. Go on then, yes, go for it. Somewhere like around it. there, I don't know. <laughs> and so, yeah, basically, we want to just dub everything. Everything has to be dubbed. Okay. Because how can dubbing... how can people reach out to you um, for that? Oh, well, over Twitter. Um, I guess that would be a good way um, or my email or my telegram. And I have a, a lot of um, decentralized messaging applications, <laughs> <laughs> which no one has. Um, but yeah, you, you will add these things in the... Yeah, yeah. I think I yeah, will we'll link your notes, yeah. I will link your tweet where you tweeted about the the ideas and reach out to you and stuff. Yes, uh, so yes, definitely exactly. look in the show notes, guys, if you fit that criteria. And yeah, any musician from everywhere is welcome, and it would be really cool to have like yeah, loads of people participating. Do you play any instruments, Joel? Uh, yes, I play the electrical guitar and. Um, I play, um, well, I play acoustic guitar, but I like the electrical bit more. You can play around a bit more with that. Well, there you go then. Um, I'm sure you've got your first uh, contributor there. Exactly. You can join. You can be part of the... You just need a lot of patience with me. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going with my accords. Yeah. I can just about manage three blind mice on the recorder. That's, 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 oh, that's the extent of my... Yeah. yeah. Worst case, you can play the tambourine, Ian. <laughs> Everyone can play or, the, or the triangle. <laughs> yes. yes, the triangles are very don't, good. Um, don't underestimate the the timing of a triangle. 
That's I was just going to say, say it's actually like one of the most important. With <laughs> 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 the trying to do this off, everybody's going to be like, what, oh, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, it was brilliant talking to you. Thank you for joining yes, us here at Rabbit Hole Stories. It was awesome. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. It was really, really awesome. Thanks for being on. Pleasure. Take care.